0: Welcome back to Forgotten Events. I am your host, Katie. A group of five General Motors TBM Avenger torpedo bombers disappeared over the Bermuda Triangle 78 years ago on December 5, 1945, after losing contact during a United States Navy overwater navigation training flight from Naval Air Station, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. This is the story of Missing Flight 19. All 14 naval aviators on the flight were lost as were all 13 crew members of a flying search boat that launched from Naval Air Station Banana River to search for Flight 19. Flight 19 undertook a routine navigation and combat training exercise in TBM-type aircraft. The assignment was called Navigation Problem Number 1, a combination of bombing and navigation that other flights had either completed or were scheduled to undertake that same day. United States Navy Lieutenant Charles Taylor was the flight leader. The exercise involved three legs, with the flight having flown four, the fourth being returning to NAS Fort Lauderdale after reaching the Florida coast. After takeoff, they flew almost due east for 64 miles until reaching Hens and Chicken Shoals commonly called chicken rocks, where low-level bombing practice was carried out. The flight was to continue on that heading for another 77 miles before turning onto a course of 346 degrees for 84 miles. In the process, they would fly over Grand Bahama Island. The next scheduled turn was to a heading of 241, to fly 140 miles at the end of which the exercise was completed, and the Avengers would turn left to return to NAS Fort Lauderdale. It all seems a little confusing, but they had a flight plan. They knew exactly what they were doing. It just didn't turn out that way, not the way they anticipated. Flight 19's scheduled navigation exercise went like this on December 5th in 1945. One, leave NAS Fort Lauderdale 1410 on heading 091 degree for 56 nautical miles, drop bombs at hens and chicken shoals until about 1500, then continue heading 091 for 67 nautical miles. 2. Turn left to heading 346 and fly 73 nautical miles. 3. Turn left to heading 241 for 120 nautical miles to end exercise north of NAS Fort Lauderdale. 4. At 1750 radio triangulation establishes the flight's position to within 50 nautical miles of 29 north, 79 west, and their last reported course, 270. BPM, I'm sorry, PBM Mariner leaves Nas Bahama River at 1927. 1950, Mariner explodes near 28 North and 80 West. Communications between the pilots were overheard by the base and other aircraft in the area. The practice bombing operation is known to have been carried out because, at about 1500, a pilot requested and was given permission to drop his last bomb. 40 minutes later, Another flight instructor, Lieutenant Robert Cox, in FT 74, received an unidentified transmission. An unidentified crew member asked Powers, one of the students, for his compass reading. Powers replied, quote, I don't know where we are. We must have got lost after that last turn. End quote. Cox then transmitted, Quote, this is FT-74, plane or boat calling powers, please identify yourself so someone can help you, end quote. The response after a few moments was a request from the others in the flight for suggestions. FT-74 tried again, and a man identified as FT-28, that would be Taylor, came on. Quote, FT-28, this is FT-74, what is your trouble? End quote. Both of my compasses are out, Taylor replied, and I am trying to find Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I am over land, but it's broken. I'm sure I'm in the Keys, but I don't know how far down, and I don't know how to get to Fort Lauderdale. FT 74 informed the NAS that aircraft were lost, then advised Taylor to put the sun on his port wing and fly north up the coast to Fort Lauderdale. Base operations then asked if the flight's leader's aircraft was equipped with a standard IFF transmitter, which could be used to triangulate the flight's position, but the message was not acknowledged by FT-28. Instead, at 1645, FT-28 radioed, quote, We are heading 030 degrees for 45 minutes, then we will fly north to make sure we are not over the Gulf of Mexico. During this time, no bearings could be made on the flight and IFF could not be picked up. Taylor was told to broadcast on 4805. This order was not acknowledged so he was asked to switch to 3,000. The search-and-rescue frequency. And Taylor then replied, I cannot switch frequencies. I must keep my planes intact. At 1656, Taylor was again asked to turn on his transmitter for YG if he had one. He did not acknowledge, but, a few minutes later advised his flight, quote, change course to 090 degrees for 10 minutes, end quote. About the same time, someone in the flight said, quote, damn it, if we could just fly west, we would get home. Head west, damn it, end quote. This difference of opinion later led to questions about why the students did not simply head west on their own. As the weather deteriorated, radio contact became intermittent, and it was believed that the five aircraft by this point were more than two hundred nautical miles out to sea east of the Florida Peninsula and We all know what's east. Taylor radioed quote "We'll fly two hundred and seventy degrees west until landfall or." running out of gas, end quote, and requested a weather check at 1724. By 1750, several land-based radio stations had triangulated Flight 19's position as being within a 100 nautical mile radius of 29 degrees north by 79 degrees west. Flight 19 was north of the Bahamas and well off the coast of central Florida. At 1804, Taylor radioed to his flight, quote, holding 270, we didn't fly far enough east. We may as well just turn around and fly east again, end quote. By that time, the weather had deteriorated even more and the sun, oh, the sun had set. Around 1820, Taylor's last message was received. He was heard saying, quote: "All planes close up tight, will have to ditch unless landfall. When the first plane drops below 10 gallons, we all go down together," end quote." It's pretty clear at this point that they were "all lost." At this point, aircraft and merchant ships were alerted to the missing planes. At 2115, the tanker SS Gaines Mills reported it had observed flames from an apparent explosion leaping 100 feet high and burning for more than 10 minutes at position 28.59 degrees north, 80.25 degrees west. Captain Shona Stanley reported unsuccessfully searching for survivors through a pool of oil and aviation gasoline. The escort carrier USS Solomons also reported losing radar contact with an aircraft at the very same position and time. Had Flight 19 actually been where Taylor believed it to be, the flight would have made landfall with the Florida coastline within 20 minutes, depending on how far down they were. However, a later reconstruction of the incident showed that the islands visible to Taylor were probably the Bahamas, well northeast of the Keys, and that Flight 19 was exactly where it should have been. The Board of Investigation Found that because of his belief that he was on a base course toward Florida, Taylor actually guided the flight farther northeast and out to sea. Further, it was general knowledge at NAS Fort Lauderdale that if a pilot ever became lost in the area, to fly a heading of 270 degrees, which is due west. Likewise, A rule of thumb was that any pilot who got lost going south would simply turn his plane around with the sun on his port side and then follow the Florida coastline heading north. By the time the flight actually turned west, they were likely so far out to sea that they had already passed what they had for fuel. They were out of fuel. This factor, combined with bad weather and the ditching characteristics of the Avenger, meant that there was little hope of a rescue, even if they had managed to stay afloat. I guess the question is, could it be possible that Taylor overshot Gorda Kay? and instead reached another landmass in the southern Abaco Islands? They, they say it's possible. He would have then proceeded north as planned. He fully expected to find the Grand Bahama Island lying in front of him as expected. Instead, he eventually saw a landmass to his right side, the northern port of Abaco Island. Believing that this landmass to his right was Grand Bahama Island and his compass was malfunctioning, he set a course to what he thought was southwest to head straight back to Fort Lauderdale. But in reality, this changed his course farther northwest toward the open ocean. To further add to this confusion, He encountered a series of islands north of Abaco Island, which look very similar to the Key West Islands. The control tower then suggested that Taylor's team should fly west, which would have eventually taken them to the landmass of Florida. In 1986, the wreckage of an Avenger was found off the Florida coast during the search for the wreckage of the space shuttle Challenger, another horrible disaster. An aviation archaeologist raised this wreck from the ocean in 1990. He mistakenly believed that it was one of the missing planes. In 1991, a treasure hunting expedition announced that the wreckage of five Avengers had been discovered off the coast of Florida, but their tail numbers revealed they were not Flight 19. In 2004, a BBC documentary showed the treasure crew returning with a new submersible 12 years later, and identifying one of the planes by its bureau number, a clearly readable 23990, as a flight lost at sea on October 9th in 1943, over two years before Flight 19, and its crew all survived. But he was unable to uh, definitively identify the other planes because he found several. The documentary concluded that despite the odds, they are just a random collection of accidents that came to rest in the same place 12 miles from home. I mean, we are talking about the Bermuda Triangle. I can't begin to count the number of planes, ships, boats that have disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. In March of 2012, Hawks from the treasure crew that I spoke of earlier was reported as saying that it had suited both him and the Pentagon to make the story go away because it was an expensive and time-consuming distraction and that while admitting he had found no conclusive evidence, a statistician said it was indeed Flight 19. Records showed that training accidents between 1942 and and 1945 accounted for the loss of 95 aviation personnel from NAS Fort Lauderdale alone. That's crazy. In 1992, another expedition located scattered debris on the ocean floor, but nothing could be identified at the time. In the 2000s, searchers expanded their search area farther east into the Atlantic Ocean but the remains of Flight 19 have still not been confirmed as found. At least we don't know that. A 2015 newspaper report claimed a wrecked World War II-era warplane with Navy markings and two bodies still inside was retrieved by the Navy in the mid-1960s after being discovered by a hunter in the woods near Sebastian, Florida. The Navy initially said it was from flight 19 but later recanted its statement. Despite Freedom of Information Act request for details which happened in 2013, the names are still not known because the Navy does not have enough information to identify those two bodies. As of the 2020s, no trace of the 5 TBM Avengers or the PBM Mariner, and the 27 uh, 27 missing aviators have been found. It's crazy because we're not just talking about Flight 19, if you remember from the opening of this episode. We're also talking about 13 search and rescue personnel that disappeared when they went in search for Flight 19. It's It's just crazy. The most likely conclusion is that the TBMs ran out of gas and ditched at sea. And the PBM, the rescuers, they just had a mid-air collision during the search. There's no other explanation. By the way, the loss of Flight 19 and the rescue aircraft – was not the Navy's only loss in the Bermuda Triangle. While many aircraft and ships have gone down in the region, some have been identified or resolved as to why they were missing. One of the other unresolved losses was the disappearance of the largest ship in the Navy at the time, the USS Cyclops. The ship just vanished in March of 1918 on a trip from Barbados to Baltimore, Maryland, and was never heard from again. Period. Never again. The ship disappeared with 306 crew and passengers, making it one of the greatest losses of life outside of combat. Thank you for listening, and please come back soon for another forgotten event episode.